Entrepreneur Weekly interviews the brilliant leaders of today in order to provide a stepping stone of wisdom on the journey to personal business ownership. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. People always say, how do I get on your show, Alan? How do I do it? I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a waiting list for 75 years. I won't even be alive. But there is one good way to get on the show is you got to know somebody, you know? And that's somebody in my life is a lot of people just so you know but there is a massive line of people to get on the show and i apologize if i don't get back to you because it's just it's going insane it's one of those things entrepreneurs are going to take over the world and uh, we're actually going to rebuild the world how's that because our world has been to hell in a handbasket lately so my one friend always calls me and he goes alan alan you got to talk to this guy you got to talk to that guy you got to talk to this woman so that guy is randy garn he's been on the show many a time and uh, but he is he's a human connector. He is um, not, there's nothing like him in the world. And every time he introduces somebody to me, I, I end up with another, you know, lifetime friend. So that lifetime friend today is Rohan Sheth. He is the founder of GrowRev.com. And uh, you and I were on a phone together, Rohan, like once for like, I don't know, what was it, 30 seconds, about a month and a half yeah, ago. Yeah, quick. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, you're calling me, I'm calling you, and we're back and forth, and I'm going, I think I remember this guy from somewhere or something. And then I go, did Randy tell you to call me? You're like, yeah, that's it. That, that's it, to connect the dots. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, because we have a, a, a crazy waiting list, which is great. It's nice to be in that, yeah. in that position. But then, you know, people get frustrated and they're like, ah, enough of you. I don't want to hear you anymore. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> so the idea here is to find very unique people that have great stories that people can relate to on the journey of life that is, you know, sometimes very difficult for people, especially when it comes to making money. I got one son that everything he touches turns to gold. I got a couple other sons that they, they work their butts off and, you know, and it's not quite so easy, but everybody in life, now they'll change places later on in life, which is funny. You know what I mean? We all get our chance in that, uh, that moment of life in time when the, the sun is shining on you and everything's going your way. But to entrepreneurs, they pray real hard to get that. And uh, they don't always get it when they want it. But the idea here is to find some hacks to help you get there a little sooner, maybe. So I want to hear, first of all, your, you know, your, your, um, I was going to say elevator pitch, but, you know, a couple of minute version of your story, because it's a good story. So go for it. My story started from you know, essentially the day that I was born from coming into a family that was essentially ultra, ultra wealthy back in India. My dad and my uncle had founded a, a travel agency that ended up becoming one of the top, like, top three travel agencies in India, eventually transitioned to owning an airline. Wow. Um, and, you know, I came in, yeah, I came into a world where, you know, drivers, maids, multiple maids, like nannies, you name it. I only traveled the world first class thing in the nicest resorts till I was like 10, 11 years old. So for me, my like perception to life coming into that was pretty skewed. Now, fast forward going through that whole thing, my uncle and my dad at the time had a massive uh, disagreement and breakup and, you know, it kind of got, it got <laughs> messy really, really quick. So it, when that, that happened, my hey, mom was- Just so you know, me. just so you know, yeah. this is the oldest story of time. All the way back to Cain and Abel. Anyway, continue. So you, you, I want you to p pick it up from there, okay? You, the, the, the massive disagreement, and then all hell breaks loose, right? Yeah. Continue from there. 
yeah, the massive disagreement between, you know, my dad and my uncle, they decided to go their own ways. My dad tried to start a business on his own. It didn't really get that successful. But because of the breakup and the disagreement, it really started to cause a lot of like family grief and, you know, kind of got to a point where it got, it got legal. And then my mom was like, nope, you know, for my brother's sake and my sake, she's like, we need to get out of India. And, you know, as you know, most third world countries is this, if you got enough money in your pocket, you can pay anybody to do anything. Right. So because of that, my mom was like, we're going to get out. We're going to go to a first world country. It was between Australia or Canada. And, you know, the Canadian government accepted us quicker than anybody else. So we moved to Canada. Mm. Since then, I'd never seen my mom work a day in her life. Like literally, you know, I spent all my, since the time I was born, spent every waking minute with her as much as I needed to outside of going to school, et cetera. And then we come to Canada and she has to go and get a job. And I'm like, this is weird. Like mom's usually home every single day and dad's usually out traveling or, you know, building business, whatever. My mom's got a job. My dad's got a job too. Only at that point in time, you know, my, my cognitive correlation was, hey, I'm leaving India, going to Canada. And your head is like, you're going to, you know, the free, the land of the free, essentially anything better than India. But to come back and realize where we moved in Canada was like literally the ghetto. All right, hold on, hold on, right there. That's that's a great cliffhanger right there. They go from riches to the ghetto. This is a great story. Rohan Sheth, founder of Grow Rev. You're going to hear the rest on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Entrepreneur Week. There's more Entrepreneur Weekly after these messages. We're talking to Rohan Sheth at, uh, he's a GrowRev, G-R-O-R-E-V, GrowRev.com founder, talking about riches to stitches, riches to ghetto. Um, I love these kind of stories. I, I, I have to assume how it ends because you're the founder of GrowRev, but keep going. You you uh, you move from all these riches to all of a sudden you're, you have a paradigm shift and you're like, oh my God, this is the real world. Keep going. Yeah, like the crazy time shift seemed like, you know, come from this crazy lifestyle to what is, again, considered crazy in a different realm. Like polarizing is a guess, in my opinion. Some of my mom work a day, some of my dad go back to getting a real job, essentially, because, you know, I'm used to his watching him build these companies. Fast forward to where I'm taking care of my brother and, you know, because there's no babysitters, there's no drivers anymore. There's none of that. It's like, <laughs> you know, just the four of us right. in the environment that we're in. And I knew at that point in time, in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, subconsciously, like, I want that lifestyle again. I want that freedom like that I saw that my family had. I just didn't understand what it was. And I was 12 at the time. So I was like, sure, whenever that happens. But I was still ingrained with the, you know, the typical mentality of go to school, get good grades, go to college, get good grades, get a job, build a career. And then fast forward to high school where, you know, it was really good coming from that environment of, you know, being academically smart, but it always never really made sense to me. I was like, why are we spending all this time in books when the rest of the world is kind of living? And I think one of the things that really worked for me was I got to travel a lot. So I was in environments and most people, you know, you just get thrown into like in Asia and Europe and in Australia and et cetera. And because I was in all these different environments, I was able to socially learn really, really quickly. Right. And around like in grade 10, I had the opportunity where, you know, it kind of was my first entrepreneurial gig. And it just happened to me that I bought one of these like little pocket bikes, these little crotch rocket pocket bikes. And I was ripping around school one day and I it literally gained me a bunch of attention. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but everybody's like, how can I get my hands on one of these? And in that moment was like a massive turning point for me. And I realized, you know, I bought it off Craigslist, but I could just turn around and sell these pocket bikes to these kids. 
and just kind of be a broker in the middle. Doing that at the age of 15, I did my first six-figure year. No uh, way. Oh, my gosh, yeah. right? What the heck? I mean, th- that, that is, that's the American dream. I mean, I know you're in Canada and you're from India, but right there, it's the dream that we call the American dream. When you have the aha moment, you recognize, ah, here it is. This isn't a rock. It's gold. You know what I mean? It's like you yeah. have to first be able to understand that your, what's in your hand is not a, just a rock. It's gold. It has a different value. It takes that, that special something that entrepreneurs are born with. You were born with it. And, you know, this is what right there, it's so hard to teach that is to have that aha moment of this is what I can do. And then that is almost like a giant, instead of a piece of gold, it's like a giant seed. And that seed starts to grow because you cultivate the very consciousness of it. Am I saying this right? Does that make any sense to you? I want to have you continue on your story. Go ahead. Absolutely. Killed it. Like, couldn't have said it any better. Great. Well, that's it. So, but keep going. I want to hear the story. Where'd you go from there? So from there, I turned into obviously kind of doing that. And then being at an age where it's like, I got literally people started finding out about it. And I was like, you know what? I want to continue this on. But at the same time, I'd applied to work at McDonald's, which was like just a you know typical work for you to understand what the work like. I love that. And, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. And it ended up being where, you know, at the age of 15, I had to get my parents to con- like, uh, give consent for me to work at McDonald's, all this craziness. <laughs> but by the age of 18, I was already running a store. Right. And then by the age of 19, I'd already managed three stores and I'd given essentially an offer with the golden handcuffs where, you know, six figure salary, working at corporate McDonald's, right. car paid for, credit cards, you would like cell phone, everything, like the whole nine yards. And I'm looking down essentially my life and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm at 19 and I've achieved this. And if I took this right now, I know I'm never going to go anywhere because all I'm really responsible for is my rent or my mortgage or whatever. Like right. I'm going to be living in because everything else McDonald's is going to cover. Right. And there was a gut feeling inside of me that was just like, don't do it. Just don't do it. And I just didn't. I walked away from that, that career wow. opportunity at, uh, at, the, at the age of 19, almost 20. At the same time, while I was going to school to be a commercial airline pilot, my dream was to be a commercial airline pilot. <laughs> um, so, you know, a tale of two turns, essentially. While I was going to school, I'm getting this offer from McDonald's, and then I'm, going, like, I'm doing my qualifications for my CPL, and I get an offer from a company up north in, like, really, really cold places in Canada. You know, you can use some other descriptive words as Canadians could use for these places. Um, and they're like, you know, as soon as you're done, we want you to hire you. And they give me an offer letter. All right. Hold it. Hold it. it, Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. There's another cliffhanger. And then we're going to get to all this. This is bringing us to a place where Rohan Chef is going to make it to where it, it all works for you guys listening, because this is one of those, I mean, super, you know, a boomerang kind of stories. It's like up and down and around and around and where it stops. Nobody knows. We'll be right back. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, we're talking about Mr. Rohan Seth's Mr. Toad's wild ride of his life. Started out life in India, super wealthy. His parents owned an airline. Then the the two brothers that were owners got into an argument and split ways. They moved from India to Canada. 
and they move into poverty. And then life begins. And then he's got all these crazy things he does, but he had that aha moment that set him on the road to entrepreneurialism, which is fantastic. Now, you got a letter after walking away from the McDonald's opportunity, the golden handcuffs, you called them, which is your life belongs to them, even though they're going to make it worth your while. It wasn't your passion because you're an entrepreneur, see? Rohan, by the way, is founder of GrowRev. We help companies grow their revenue online. I'm looking at your website. We'll talk about that in a minute. Give me the climax of this this relationship you have with being an entrepreneur. Where did it finally, you know, yes, continue on. Yeah, so the climax of it essentially went, like I was saying, I went to school to be a pilot. I got an offer from the pilot, from the the very cold airline company up north, and I turned that one down. So now I'm stuck in this situation where, like, I've turned literally, I'm in the fork in the road, but both of my opportunities have just turned down. And I knew one thing, and I went back to the story in my head of when I was 15, and I knew sales was one thing that I was really good at. So I just went on Craigslist, applied for every single sales job on there. I didn't care if they required five or 10 years experience or no experience. I just applied. I was like, law of average is going to hit and someone's going to hire me. And they did. And it was door-to-door sales. Fast forward from that, I (laughs) built a very successful Korean door-to-door selling for about two and a half years. One of the top producers in Canada would get literally poached by every direct sales company. Eventually took another opportunity on in high-ticket direct sales, selling educational packages between $6,500 and $13,000 to families inside their house within 90 to 120 minutes. Wow. And this was the age of 23. And got really good there and got bored. I got extremely bored and this was a turning point to where Grow Rep came about to be. And the reason being is I got good at one-to-one selling, but I knew if I wanted to make a bigger difference and have a bigger purpose in my life is I needed to reach, take my skill set and get good at one-to-many. And that's when I started to study direct response marketing and kind of understand, you know, people like Dan Kennedy and Jay Abraham who's become a really close friend of mine now. And from there, founded GrowRev.com, which eventually, as a back then, started to be, you know, just working with local mom and pop shops, coffee shops and spas, et cetera. To today, you know, we manage on average about 50 to $60 million in paid advertising online for some of the biggest brands that you guys could ever, you probably see right now at some point, if you're on Facebook scrolling, you're probably seeing an ad of mine. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Okay, so... Tell us about GrowRev. Give me the elevator pitch on GrowRev so people know what it is fully. GrowRev is a direct response paid advertising agency specializing in multi-network paid advertising. So we're not just a Facebook agency or not just a Google agency. Our skill set came from the background of my business partner running the traffic for like the Olympics, Sky Sports, Tennis TV, etc. I came from working with some of these big brands. Combined together, we took his experience and share a voice and my experience in direct response. And now working with Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, everything on the Google platform, TikTok, Snapchat, Native. Pinterest. So if you've got Man. an offer that you know needs to be shared with the world, there's more than likely a way that we can put together a strategy with paid advertising and exponentially scale your business for you. I love it. Okay. And this is not a commercial for them. I just love this story. And Randy says, you got to hear this guy's story. Now, give me those three things that you've learned. How old are you now, by the way? Just curious. I'm 32. Okay. 32, kicking butt, taking names. Give me those three things that you can you know, basically, if you had a chance to talk to your younger self, we've heard that all people say it all the time. But what do you say to the young entrepreneur these days? You know, you said no to opportunities that were the golden handcuffs, you called them. Why? But give me give me like three points of, you know, as you're going through your journey of being an entrepreneur towards entrepreneurship. Give me three, three points, will you? The first one for me absolutely was 
just understanding that obviously, you know, I was fortunate enough to see extreme polarization in my life and I knew what I wanted. And that's something that always drove me subconsciously. And the reason why I turned down the golden handcuffs was it correlated it back in my head to not being able to have that and being able to provide that for my family. So it was just like, believe in yourself, you know, it's the cliche term that every person says, but it's like true, true to its literally nth degrees, like believe in yourself, no matter how hard it gets, because it does become fruitful on the other end. Number two is when you figure out a skill set that you're really, really good at, and for me, it was sales and marketing. It's like you now have a, essentially, it's your purpose in life to bring that to the rest of the world to make the world a better place. Obviously, do it in a much better and not a sleazy way of doing it, and that's part of the reason to where we built our entire company around that. And the last but not least for me is like, how can I take this and doing things like this, being on your podcast, Alan, thanks for having me, is sharing the story because I know a lot of the time where people, you know, feel like they've come from these third world countries and their backs up against the wall and they just don't know what to do. It's like, just take that first step and just begin because at the end of the day, you know, if someone had just literally said, hey, how do I buy one of these pocket bikes? I would have probably taken that golden handcuffs opportunity, but that moment right there, I just took one step forward and everything else changed for me. You felt it. You <laughs> felt it that the aha moment happened and it was like a spirit came into you, the spirit of entrepreneurialism, and you, you, you can't be handcuffed. You won't. By the way, the only thing I say about believing in yourself is absolutely, unless you believe in yourself and you're a big a-hole, you got to make sure you have friends that say, hey, Knock it off. <laughs> right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I have great friends who are like, quit it. Knock it off. You're an idiot. That's why having very good friends is important. And our friend, our mutual friend, Randy Garns, one of those guys. And uh, Randy, thank you for introducing me to Rohan. Rohan Seth, founder of GrowRev.com. It says right on the website, we can help companies grow their revenue online Check it out, growrev.com. Rohan, great meeting you, man. We'll talk again soon. All right. We'll be right back with more. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Alan Taylor from Entrepreneur Weekly. Child sexual exploitation is an unimaginable crime that continues to invade our communities and homes. The Maloof Foundation is confronting this crime by providing education, promoting healing, and ensuring justice for survivors. But this cause can't be won alone. Learn how you can join the Maloof Foundation in their efforts to preserve a child's right to freedom, hope, justice, and dignity at MaloofFoundation.org. That's M-A-L-O-U-F Foundation.org. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Okay, so I don't know anything about crypto. I, it, it's like, what the heck is crypto? So, what do I do? I call my friend Jeff Hunter, Savage Marketing, jeffjhunter.com on the web. He's got some crypto gaming team thing that he's doing, and I'm watching him on social media. He's a contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine, and I thought, if anybody could explain what the living heck is this, it would be Jeff. Welcome to the show, Jeff. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me, and uh, well, I'm going to do my best because it's always evolving. (laughs) I know. It's such a moving target, and I, I really... I feel like that, 
you know, I, I poo-poo things, and then I, I later on I regret poo-pooing something. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just not going to. So some friends of mine, I'll just I'll give you my story, because, and I know you know, but the rest of the world needs to know. Some friends of mine have just launched a, what is this called? It's a, it's a token, right? I, I don't even know what the hell is a token, right? But yeah. I, I remember when I was at Chuck E. Cheese and they gave me token to go play a game, right? Well, <laughs> kind of like Chuck E. Cheese, this, this token is called Cheddar. Cheddar token, okay? And my friends, they started this company. You guys may or may not have ever heard of it. It's a coffee company. It's called Dutch Brothers. It's all over the country now because they've taken the company public. And Travis Borsma, my friend, who I've known him since he was 16 years old, he's, I sold him his first car, for goodness sakes. His brother, who passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease, was his business partner. Of course, he's the one that was kind of the brains of the operation because it was the young brother and the older brother. The older brother passes away. The young brother proves he's got brains too. So he takes the company public and now he's got, I don't know, three, $4 billion in his bank. And he still owns 51% of the company. But, uh, or I don't know, whatever. When they go public, maybe that changes. Anyway, now, one of the sons of the founder, my friend, Dane Borsma, who is the one of the Dutch brothers, and a bunch of his friends got together and they create this this token called Cheddar. And I'm watching it and it's it's a culture token. I don't know what what is a token? What even is more is what is a culture token? So first of all, I bought a little bit just just to support my friends. But I now it's go it went up and it came down and it went up and it came down and you know, it's like I'm I'm freaking out. It's like a roller coaster. And and since I don't have any clue I thought there's got to be a lot of people like me that don't have any clue about this crypto world. So when I saw you doing this, what were you doing here? It's called crypto gaming. Crypto gaming team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, well, Jeff's got to know. Jeff's got to know. And then, of course, you know, you you and I had this little tiny conversation. I go, no, let's do this on the radio. And you're like, let's (laughs) do it. So here we are. We're going to learn a little bit from Jeff Hunter today, who, by the way, if you look at his world, he is a savage marketer, and that's his company, Savage Marketing. JeffJHunter.com, you can find him. And I got to say, all props to you for what you have done. Your company is, I've watched it grow. I've watched you grow as a human being. And here we go into this new crazy thing called crypto. So take it from there, Jeff. What is crypto? Well, first off, I think that we just need to take a step back here and just realize that all crypto is, is just a forum of decentralized finance. In other words, there's no bank that controls your money. You know, there's no intermediary. And by the way, there's no refunds. There's no take backs. <laughs> right. When you send this digital currency to someone else, it's theirs. It's theirs. And the cool part is once somebody sends it to you, it's yours. No one can get it unless they either steal your passphrase, your seed phrase, or uh, you give them your password or something like that. As a matter of fact, there's all sorts of technology now to keep your information safe offline, like hardware wallets. There's like literally people that have pieces of metal with their password stamped with it on titanium so it could survive a fire. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> um, right? But this is literally decentralized finance. It, it's all about just being able to take your currency and give it to someone else and have that security of knowing that there's no middleman in between. And it's, it's just that decentralized but is it actually like with this cheddar 
it's not cheddar it's cheddar cheddar token that i got do i get coins or i didn't even ask i'm like yeah i'll buy some of your stuff there what do you got it send us money to it and i'm out to bang and all of a sudden i got this wall and i'm like wait it's going up look i'm making money and it's all of a sudden oh it's going down i'm making mo- i'm losing money you know it's like <laughs> i start crying the other night my wife's like why are you crying i just lost some money oh, wait a minute it's going back up i'm making money you know it's like oh my god i don't think i'm really cut out for this jeff i don't know is there actually well, a I'm coin? Not, I have to tell you, whew, day trading and that kind of stuff, whether it's stocks or crypto or whatever, that's too much stress for me, too. <laughs> I like to invest in projects and people I believe in. I think that what you did right when you came into Cheta for the right reasons, because you've got your friends involved right. and, uh, you know, you want to support them. So you're ba- basically buying into their token. Right. Um, and by the way, it's just the same. It's very similar to a business or a stock market or whatever, because you know, people say, well, what drives the value? How come it was a dollar yesterday and today is 50 cents? Or why was it 50 cents yesterday and today's a dollar? Right. And it's about the belief and trust in that token. It's about the belief and trust in what they're building. And uh, just like Tesla, Tesla is the most overpriced, overvalued stock on the planet. I mean, Tesla still has way smaller numbers, you know, production wise than any of the of the manufacturers, Toyota, Ford, you throw it out there, Chrysler, Jeep, yet take all of the big manufacturers combined and they don't even come close to the stock price of Tesla. Why? Yeah, that's always been that big why in the sky, if you know what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. The reason why I did this is because I saw what the family did with their first their business with um, Dutch Brothers Coffee. I love Dutch Brothers. I love coffee. I love Dutch Brothers. I love the brothers. Now, I got to tell you, I'm the guy when they were getting out of the dairy business into the coffee business 20 some odd years ago, they said, we're going to start doing a coffee stand and we're going to sell coffee in the small town in Oregon where we all live, right? And I go, what are you doing? You're crazy. Go back. Milk those cows. Get out of there. What are you doing? Stop that. Don't sell that coffee. You got to be, you guys are dairy farmers. Go back and do this. And had they listened to me, they would not be billionaires. The whole family's you know, wealthy now. But it's their culture. And so this is what they're saying. It's the first culture coin, right? And I thought, what is it? What is this, a utility culture token you know, I'm, I'm like, I just don't understand, Jeff. I don't get it. And I'm watching you and you're doing gaming. What is this crypto gaming? So, I mean, that's why I thought, all right, we got to talk about this stuff today. This is what the whole second half of the show is so that we can maybe shine a light on some of this for some of like myself, some of us old guys, because it, it's kind of fun. And I love new things. So all of a sudden I'm a new kid, a kid again. And I've got, you know, like, remember when, well, you, of course you remember, I remember when Legos were created. I was not even a kid. I was like a a teenager or something. And I'm like, Legos, I could play with Legos. You know, I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And here I I feel that way again. Crypto, I could play with crypto. This is adult fun. You know, clean, good, clean. How much can you lose? Well, it depends on how stupid you are and (laughs) how smart you are, right? I'm trying to get more smart here with you. Uh, don't go anywhere. JeffJHunter.com, Savage Marketing. What in the world is this crypto stuff? I may have stepped on my toe, but then again, maybe not. Like, like Jeff said, I'm investing in my friends first. We'll be right back.
It is Entrepreneur Weekly. I'm Alan Taylor. And yeah, I made my first investment <laughs> into the crypto world. Jeff J. Hunter is on with us, uh, a contributor to Entrepreneur also. And I saw he's doing some uh, CryptoGamingTeam.com on the web if you want to see what that is. But uh, and, and I am an investor and, and it's down right now. It's down. I'm, so I'm actually in the negative at the moment as we speak. And uh, Jeff, so I, I wanted to just hand it over to you. And I know you, I, I sent it to you and I'm like, is this, is this any good? What do you think? So I don't know. Take it away. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting about Cheddar is that it's got this, they call it a culture token. And uh, what's interesting about it is that, you know, it's basically a community-based token. So the token, it provides access and benefits to people that actually own the tokens. Like they're going to have like exclusive events that you can only go to if you are uh, someone who holds uh, Cheddar tokens. There's also going to be NFT drops, like so things that you know, they're going to gift you digital assets that you actually own and you can sell to other people or you can keep them. And uh, I like that it's a deflationary asset, which means that they actually destroy, they get rid of tokens. They just send them to a random, they call it a burn address. They just literally get rid of tokens. So, and just like everything in life, it's always about supply and demand. So guess what happens when the supply goes down, right? The demand goes up and the price goes up, right? Right, right, right. And that's actually, you know, something that you said, you know, before you took the break was you were talking about, you know, in video gaming in general, like for me, I am a huge gamer by heart. That's why I started the crypto gaming team, by the way. But I go all the way back in, you know, esports gaming. I, I was working with, you know, the people at Justin.tv. I was one of the biggest stream platforms called Esports Media and ended up selling that company because I ironically thought esports wasn't going anywhere after investing my whole life into it up until about 2009. I just, <laughs> my wife talked me into getting a real job. <laughs> <laughs> So it's funny that it's like now I finally get to live my dream because right what's, I think what's old is new again, many, you know? Yeah, I think about how many hours I've spent and wasted playing video games for those little in-game tokens that I use to upgrade my characters and this and that. Right. And then when you log out the game, it stays there. You can't take the coins with you. You can't take the tokens and stuff that you've earned in there. You can't take the gear, the and equipment, spend it somewhere all that else. stuff. Right. Now you can. Mm. And that's what these tokens allow is the interoperability. You know, the, you hear that term, the metaverse, right? Now you can actually, all that metaverse is, for anybody listening, is just the ability to move digital assets from one thing to another. That's all the metaverse is. Mm. So the ability to take tokens out of one game and spend them on another or to switch them over for dollars where you actually make money, this is a game-changing opportunity. And I also believe that it's going to drive mass adoption of crypto and solve global poverty mm. you know i honestly as i wrap my 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 wrinkly brain around this it's slowly starting to focus and at first everything was such a blur but the more you read the more you understand and you, I, I sent him a link to this website or whatever it was, and he read the white paper on, on the why. Is that right? Kind of what I'm saying there? When mm -hmm. I, and yep. you actually got it. You understood it. And I, I, I guess the reason why I even ventured, I didn't make a big investment, a little tiny investment thing, but uh, I, I, I want to support what they're trying to do. And isn't that what we do with our money? We vote with our money. 
And that's what go. I'm doing. I'm voting with my money now in a very, very different way that I've never done before. I'm kind of a conventional gold and silver, real money kind of guy, right? <laughs> I mean, that's because that's, that's the way I was brought up, you know? But here's this all of a sudden new decentralized finance thing that is like it's all of a sudden with what with the oversight of all the things that are going on in our governments and all these things this kind of looks a little mm. bit attractive to me i don't know why not like i want to do anything mm-hmm. wrong but it kind of looks attractive have you, have you heard about what happened in lebanon no but you're going to tell me on the other side of the break don't go anywhere everybody we're talking about krypton <laughs> that's a cliffhanger for you right there what happened in lebanon all right, we're talking about what is crypto with uh, JeffJHunter.com. Jeff J. Hunter's a friend of mine. He's a contributor to Entrepreneur, and he has Savage Marketing. The man is savage! In Alabama, she was swing a hammer. Price you gotta pay when you break the panorama. She never knew that there was anything more than Need a mentor? One-on-one online sessions with Entrepreneur Magazine's experts can help you start a business, grow your business, build your brand, fundraise, and more. Book your one-on-one session with experienced business owners and media experts. Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, can help you perfect your business pitch to media. Businesswoman Kathleen Griffith, founder of Grayson Company, can help improve your growth and marketing strategies. Need guidance on improving your leadership skills? Elizabeth Gore, president of Alice, can help you become a strong, value-driven leader. So what are you waiting for? Book your one-on-one session with Entrepreneur's lineup of experts today. Visit entrepreneur.com slash mentors. Again, that's entrepreneur.com slash mentors. You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Oh boy, am I confused. But I'm slowly but surely wrapping my brain around crypto. And I don't know about you guys out there, but it's uh it's a very puzzling thing. So Jeff J. Hunter joining us, JeffJHunter.com. Savage Marketing is his company. He's a is an entrepreneur, a contrepreneur, an entrepreneur contributor. <laughs> yeah, if I run those two words together, it works perfect. So, Jeff, <laughs> let's talk about the advantages and disadvantages of investing in crypto, because this is why it's well, like, you know everybody always tells you the upside, but I want to hear the upside and the downside. Well, the downside is that there's a lot of scams. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of scams out there. And uh, once your money's gone, it's gone. It's not like the bank. You can't call the bank and say like, hey, I got scammed. Can you give me my money back? You know, <laughs> right? like you can totally do that. Like if somebody steals your credit card or whatever, and you just go to the bank and file a fraud thing and they'll give you your money back and they'll try to prosecute those guys, Right. you know, and there's insurance and stuff like that. But like in crypto, it's peer to peer, which means that when the money is sent, it's done. There's no refunds. There's no bank to call it's a done deal. So you have to be very careful with the information that you put out there and the access that you give to people. You also have to be careful on what websites you go to. I actually got scammed not too long ago out of about $600 worth of cryptocurrency, Ethereum, because I was scammed on a Discord server, which is a messaging platform. Somebody said, hey, we're going to do a mint, a, you know, a limited time mint. You can go and you can buy this thing for whatever Ethereum. And I clicked on it and I didn't realize, but it was a fake website. 
they had one little letter change in the web domain, and it was a fake website where they cloned a legitimate website. Oh and when I clicked it, gosh. it basically stole that money from me. <laughs> oh. And see, that's that's and there's the no other, refunds, right? And that's the other side of this is that's why I chose to invest into some friends that I knew. I thought I want to support you guys. I want to support you. How do I do that? All right, I'll I'll buy some of your product. It's it's like if the coffee business ad. I've bought coffee there for twenty years now. So I want to support yep. them. All right, here's this new thing that can make the world a better place, and we can have some fun. It's a culture thing. I'm in, right? But yeah. that's the scary and, side you just talked about. And that's the whole reason, Alan, that I started the crypto gaming team is because I actually work with game developers that are coming out, and I want their games to be successful, and I want to build a relationship of trust, and mm-hmm. I also do my due diligence to like vet them and make sure that it's not a scam, right? Because there's a lot of companies out there that they don't really care about a good project. They really just want to take your money. So, you know, what I've found is that we kind of have a group, you know, kind of strength in numbers type thing where I get myself and I have about 183 other people in my crypto gaming team where we go and we actually invest and we purchase video games. And we even have scholarship programs for people all around the world. I have 19 people playing for me right now. They make more money playing video games for me than they could getting a real, quote unquote, a real job oh, in their country, like the Philippines. Right. And, and I have somebody in Nigeria. I have people in the Middle East that play video games for me professionally. It's, it's an incredible world we live in right now, man. Yeah. So advice on crypto and investing in crypto. I mean, what, what can we say if we don't know somebody like you and I have, you know, these friends I have, and is it based upon relationships and trust with people that are in this field? That's why I thought, oh, let's talk about this. This is a touchy subject, but let's talk about it. Here's the thing, and obviously I'm not a financial advisor. What I'm going to share with you guys isn't any type of advice. It's just my own personal opinions. I believe that the core foundation of the future is not going to be trusting a bank. I think that banks are at the all-time low in the trust factor. The thing that we promised on the cliffhanger was about what happened in Lebanon, where they have no liquidity in their country, and now they literally seized all the money in their bank. So imagine, I mean, that money in the bank, who, who, who actually owns that money? How much of your money, if you go to the bank and you have $100,000 in there, can you go down there and make a withdrawal of $100,000? Can you, right, really? Right, right. Is, it, is it there? Is it yours? So Ugh. that's where I think, the, I think the future is, and we'll not even think, I know. I know that the future is going to be decentralized finance. We have more control over our money. And trust me when I say I speak to everyone, doesn't matter what type of the political spectrum you're on. Right now, people just want to have more control of their money, and they have less and less trust in the government and the banks and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, I will say Jeff Hunter, international businessman and uh, has been for many years that I've known him. I trust you. You're a good friend, um, contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine, a savage marketer. That's your company, Savage Marketing. And uh, CryptoGamingTeam.com if you want more information on that. Um, you guys, if you're interested, the stuff I invested in was cheddar, like cheese, cheddar. It's, it's, it's brand new. So I don't know, but it is so curious to me. I want to know. We'll keep talking about this on the show. That's it for now. Now you just got to put that big question mark out there and ask your friends. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. We will be back next week, same time, same channel. I've invited the the guys from uh, Cheddar on to talk about this as well. And they'll be on, I'm sure, in the coming weeks. Talk to you then. This program is copyrighted by Entrepreneur Media Incorporated. 